Episode 74, Ascension, Feminine Energy, and the New Timelines. Welcome to this week's episode. This is Ruth Elizabeth Hancock, host of Work Your Energy podcast. And this week we have Marguerite Rigoloso with us, who is the founding director of Seven Sisters Mystery School and the author of the award-winning new book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. So hi, Marguerite. I'm so, I'm so pleased you could join me this evening. And thank you very much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And should I call you Ruth or Elizabeth? <laughs> well, I, actually, I don't mind. I'm both. Uh, so you're both. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ruth Elizabeth, maybe. Right. You're, you're by no meal. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> so, yeah, so I... Been, I've been doing one of your online courses, which is so interesting, and I have a slight passion for the Tuatha de Danan, um, and I know you talk about this in this uh, in the course about Arthur and Guinevere, and so I just wanted to talk to you about these, you know, these amazing characters. Um, obviously, I'm British, so you know, Arthur Guinevere. These are you know characters which come up a lot in the uh, the British culture. And I just wanted to explore more, you know, about who are the Tuatha de Danan? You know, I mean, are, are they real? Are they, are they supposed to be um, fictitious? What's your take on it? Right, exactly. So the course that you're referring to is called Heal Yourself and Our World by Reclaiming Guinevere, Arthur, the Fay, and the Roundtable. And that's on the sevensistersmysteryschool.com site. People can find it under the online courses in case they get curious. Um, yeah. What I talk about in there, and you can tell from the title, Heal Yourself and Our World, <laughs> by reclaiming these uh, people, is that I do believe that they are real folk. They're not just writings of the imagination of some fiction. Um, and that is really shown to some to a large degree in the British historical record. There are these records going back to Geoffrey of Monmouth and and even earlier, you know, in some of the um, the early um, Welsh legends and so forth, that that Guinevere was real, that Arthur was real, that they had real lives and existences, that they were part of a whole organization known sometimes as Camelot or Avalon, and that they were really here to bring, keep, let's say, and bring amplify the energy of of our world in a more positive direction in a time period where in particular to the British Isles, Isles there were lots of invasions by unfriendly forces and and the reason why some people think of them as mythological so to speak or fictional is because written into their record is the magic the shamanic realities that they were dealing with that they were under you know, the guidance of or under the attack of. So we hear that uh, Guinevere and Arthur were working a lot with, with these um, negative magical beings that, you know, Arthur was fighting cat-headed beings and serpent-type beings and, 
and that there were all of these magical things that were going on, even in the conception of both of these individuals. Um, the interaction of Merlin, who essentially was the shaman of this cohort, the birth of Merlin was magical. And, you know, many of these other stories talk about these, these strange, unusual circumstances. So I see all of these beings as having had human lives. And I also see them as emanations or incarnations of larger forces, just the way we could see Jesus and Mother Mary as incarnations of much larger forces who came into the earth plane to help us out over here. That's how I see Arthur Guinevere Merlin, you know, and the whole cast of people. So who are those larger forces then? With Arthur, it is the, the Christed energy. That is one of the things that he embodied and transmitted. With Guinevere, it's the sacred feminine energy of Sophia, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Bridget, all right? So they were like channeling through their bodies and their human existences all of this other major energy. Not only that, but what we see in their lineages is that they were literally from dragon lineages, okay? Both Guinevere and Arthur. They, Arthur's um, mother go, has, a, has a relative named Gwen Pendragon, okay? Mm -hmm. Pendragon means head of the dragon. This is talking about beings who, who had physical reality on the human plane, but were also larger and bigger than that, which brings us to the Tuat Dedanan that you're talking about. These beings who came in from higher dimensions into the earth plane, and they were sort of like in and out of third dimension, fifth dimension, and higher. And so um, dragon energies and dragon lineages are part of these other dimensional um, ancestral lines that, inter that have intersected with the earth plane. So we've got, you know, we've got them, we've got mer people, right? We've got dwarves, we've got all sorts of beings, but the dragons are very, very high level energy. They are connected in with human lineages. And, um, you know, we see that also with Guinevere. So they represent the high level, high being king and queen who are meant to be enacting the sacred marriage or the hieroskamos or having that harmonious human male-female relationship life. And they are working with and bringing forth that energy to humanity to help humanity come back together after times of attack and, and so forth. So that's kind of a big, broad picture of who I see that they are, were and are, because mm -hmm. there's that legend that Arthur is the once and future king, that he was put in stasis and that he was going to emerge. And there are oracles on the planet today. And I'm, I'm one who feels that I carry this information as well, that Arthur has reawakened. His energy body has re-emerged. And with that, Guinevere is re-emerging. She is coming back um, to availability and their sacred marriage energy, their, what's known as the Yeroskamos marriage, is coming back into availability for humanity because it's one of the things that was torn from us. And it's one of the major things that has needed to be restored.
Okay, so are you saying that the energy is coming back or the, the physical body is coming back? I would say the body is coming back on the higher energetic plane. He's being reconstituted in a, in a higher dimensional form, um, the way that Jesus was reconstituted after mm -hmm. his crucifixion and you know practical dismemberment. So is it the same forces? So, you no, know, um, because I know that um, I've read that um, people put uh, Jesus as the son of Thoth, Thoth the Atlantean. So is it the same sort of force that keeps coming back in the, you know, the, the Thoth and then Jesus and then Arthur or, or are, are they different, different energies, um, different assistants, if you like, different interdimensional beings, if you like. Right. I've never actually heard that Jesus is Thoth. Um, uh, or is well, it the son, the son of Thoth? Yeah, I, I, I think it's Billy Carson. No, I, I, in the timeline in which I work and the reality in which I work, which is not everyone's reality, but it is for those who get medicine out of it. Um, Jesus is strictly Mother Mary's incarnation. She's Mother Mary's creation, parthenogenetically from the fabric of the universe. This is a very high level priestess function, this divine birth capacity, which we see in the stories of Guinevere and Arthur. Yes, because they're, they're both miraculous births. Um, they're Jesus miraculous births. Yes, <laughs> Arthur is miraculously born. So is Guinevere. So is Merlin. So is Galahad. Okay, so something was going on that has been greatly hidden and veiled um, for reasons you know, uh, that the patriarchy has to disturb knowledge of, of feminine magic um, because these this divine capability of high priestesses enables a very high level being to come in. That was the purpose of virgin birth. And it is a yoga that these women knew how to do, cultivated and did generation after generation. They passed it on. So um, we see that Arthur's mother, Gwen or um, Egraine uh, was able to give birth to Arthur in this way. And there is a story about Guinevere's mother and, and father, uh, the conception night. Uh, there are very strange goings on that I am able to read as codes of a divine conception ritual. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the question you asked, um, so it's, it's, it, I look at it this way. There's one overarching great goddess, right? But then she, they say that she has 10,000 names and faces. So she comes out as different personalities that all feed back up into the great mother monad. But each one has its personality, its medicine, its history, its races that it connects with, its people, right? Just like all human beings are the same, you could say all human beings are a function of the great monad, but we are highly individual. We have many different races. We have many different medicines, many different issues, many different problems, many different histories. So with Jesus and Arthur, it would be the same thing. They are iterations of the great monad of the sacred masculine which in some cases can be seen as Shiva, if you're in India, Jesus mm -hmm. if you're in the, the Western world, Arthur, if you're in, you know, the British Isles and beyond, because this is really much more than a British Isles story, Arthur and Guinevere, and it has very big, huge implications for today. 
which is what I talk about in that class. So that's how I see it. Okay. All right. So it's sort of like archetypes. They're different archetypes of the same sort of uh, feminine energy. They're manifestations of the same kind of overarching energy, each with their own spin. Mm. Okay. Mm. But they have great commonalities that allow us to identify them together. They're like jewels on the same necklace. Mm. There was a, another uh, another aspect that you mentioned on the course, which I thought was interesting, and, and the, the the concept of the veil becoming thicker um, at the time of the conception of Arthur, which um, I believe is around the sixth century. Yeah. And so, why do you feel that the veil was getting thicker then? And, you know, and, and had it got had it got thicker before, and then sort of got thinner, and then does it sort of get thicker and thinner, or has it just been this increasing sort of thicker and thicker as the patriarchal society has? grown and grown you know since the the roman empire grew if you like right i take this all the way back to the time of atlantis which i do believe was a real time on planet earth as was lemuria prior to that and atlantis if we peg it as let's say 10000 bce um and there were things that went on with those cataclysms and as a result of those cataclysms and regarding the beings who seeded those two great civilizations, Atlantis was already bringing in problematic beings mm -hmm. that were very much focused on out of, out of, out of balance masculine energy and um, some alien races that were not uh, all that friendly to humanity, brought a lot of problems, brought with it artificial intelligence in the cosmic sense of this great virus that that uh, affects universes and so forth. So they were already having problems. And since 10,000 BCE, we've had a lot of problems on planet Earth, if not before, because some oracles and, um, you know, seers are understanding we have other histories that go back thousands hundreds of thousands, even millions of years with different types of visitations to the earth and different types of interactions, um, tamperings with the earth, with animals, with humans and so forth. So it doesn't just go back to Rome. It doesn't just go back to Greece. It doesn't go back to Mesopotamia. <laughs> it doesn't just go back to um, the start of the Egyptian civilization. It doesn't just go back to the transition in old Europe 5,000 years ago. You know, it goes back further really start seeing evidence of this transition from a shamanic mother-centered society that is very much in tune with the other dimensions of reality into one that's increasingly getting three-dimensional. Mm. And so there were different time periods where it was more acutely happening. When Arthur was around, yes, we had the Roman Empire, which was very much a manifestation of a negative alien agenda, if you will, on the planet. It was governed by a certain negative race that was coming in, um, taking over the humans, uh, coming in through the royal lines there, hijacking the virgin birth function so that we have these bizarre Caesars that are coming in instead of the high vibrational Arthurs. And then you also have, so you have the Romans coming in to the British Isles, which were 
remnants of, you know, peaceful mother-centered society, shamanically based, higher dimensional, you need only look at the older archeological record to see evidence of what they were doing uh, that bespeaks of that. And then you also had the Saxon invasions, which seem to be uh, like what, a Germanic kind of thing. You know, there was an incursion into Germany of these negative uh, beings as well, which then get more and more manifested in World War II with mm -hmm. the Nazi energy. Okay. So there's layers and levels of it. But what was happening at the Dark Ages time, you know, if Arthur was, were these two incursions? I mean, the Romans had already wreaked havoc. And now they're dealing with the Saxons, you know, and Arthur's like, Arthur and his magical men are like, no, we do not want your reptilian energy in here. Okay. So those guys actually ended up getting into physical warfare as well as shamanic inter interdimensional warfare. And um, then, you know, the veils just after, after Arthur's untimely death <clears throat> and the fact that he was not able to create a lineage with Guinevere that would sustain humanity in the British Isles. It's like a door shut, you know, a, a castle door or a dungeon door shut in the British mm -hmm. Isles. And things got more and more three-dimensional. The fairies were retreating more and more and more into their interdimensional realms or, you know, going into the mountain. That's what they talk about the Tuat Dedan and doing, going into the mountain. That is um, a three-dimensional understanding of what actually happened. They had to retreat to some degree to a higher dimension where they couldn't be tampered with physically. Although their environment could be tampered with where they thrived and lived, and that would get them and kill them, like destroying forests and things like that. So Arthur... Um, is coming in at a very, very difficult time, not only in the British Isles or what became the British Isles, but on planet Earth itself. Because what we're finding from um, oracles of today is that there, there are major portals in those islands uh, where, you know, Britain, Ireland, and, and it's all those ancillary islands, islands mm -hmm. and so forth. And so... Um, this this story is very important today for the entire planet. And it relates to the passing of the recent monarch. And so the timing of that and the awakening that people are having to, wow, what was Arthur, what were Arthur and Guinevere? What was the royal line really supposed to be doing? How far has it degenerated? You know, why did Diana die? All of that type of stuff. Okay, so this is like real stuff that's been going on shenanigans in front of all of our eyes. And it helps us if we look back at what went down in the period of Arthur and Guinevere, that's what I do in that course. And that is, I think, one of the purposes of our conversation today. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I just wanted to um, you know, ask you, so what I, I can see the purpose of the miraculous birth, um, but, you know, sort of, do they do they do they do this to um, to put <clears throat> high vibrational leaders into the world, or you know, is it to put the energies in? So, is it like a you know, are they putting their their genes into the gene pool, if you like, um, or is it more of an energetic thing that 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 um, that these uh, miraculous virgin births involve? Both, both. Okay. The women, the women who you see originally in ancient Lemuria, 
all people in the original human form gave birth this way because we were kind of more um, hermaphroditic. But mm-hmm. as the human form shifted during whatever period it was, Lemuria, whatever, um, we've broke into the two sexes, which Plato talks about, and mm-hmm. that created all sorts of problems. And so then the the people who remain female still had the capacity to do divine birth, but it was made more difficult in that they had to work their own womb space to become androgynous so that they could conceive. Okay, you have to have a doubling within your body to conceive. The women who retained those abilities were from very high vibrational lineages. And so Mary um, incarnated back into a very high vibrational lineage that goes to her mother, Anne, all the way back to Sarah, the biblical Sarah of, of Abraham and Sarah, who was doing it as well. I mean, I talk about this in the mystery tradition of miraculous conception very extensively. So they were they were already in high lineages. And that's what we see in uh, Arthur's line. His mother was of a high lineage that really goes back to dragon fairy. Um, mm. And in the original method of divine birth, it was the woman alone who was parthenogenetically conceiving within herself. In the later stages, it was a hierogamic or tantric union. That's what we have probably by the time of Arthur. Um, where it may well be that uh, Igraine was uniting with Uther Pendragon in a high sacred ritual, but both of them had the understanding that they would be bringing in a high being. So there are different versions of divine birth, so to speak. The Tantra, mm-hmm. the Tantra was one that they were using that um, Guinevere's father was using with, with the unnamed female mother of her um and um you know so forth and so on so they were still in the arthurian guineverian era trying to maintain the high vibration of divine tantric union against all sorts of forces and that's why in my course i described the distortions that started happening why Merlin had to get involved in the subterfuge with uh, E. Grain going with Uther Pendragon, why he had to get involved in, you know, all of these other things. Um, the fact that Guinevere and Arthur's conception rights were tampered with, interfered with and blocked, right? So, um, you know, that's part of the, the negative veil thickening that was happening at this time. And they, and I believe they all knew this was the last gasp on planet earth writ large. And especially in, you know, the, the Britain, Ireland area, that if they couldn't do this, the earth was going to be lost for quite a while. And that is indeed what happened. However, it's never lost because we can still have access to the Akashic records and the memories of what's gone on we can still access these tools and techniques, this knowledge, and re- we can resurrect it. We can write these wronged histories, and we can move into uh, divine birth, moving into the future by various womb healings and clearings and so forth that women can do. Yeah. So you talk um, about the interference that, um, and I'm presuming that the interference was how Guinevere became um, unable to, to, to have babies. Yes, that the interference then is going on on the, you know, the 
the multidimensional levels, not yes. on the, the 3D level. Okay. Both. All right. Both. Both. Because it's because of physical manifestation. She wasn't able to have, have children. Yes. And, you know, as I discuss in that course, as you may remember, there were two Guinevere's. There was like a clone yes. Guinevere. Right. I so know. The, that's so bizarre. Negative interdimensional beings were already using cloning back then because they've been very, very advanced for a long time. They're far beyond what conventional science knows about. They were already cloning. They cloned mm -hmm. Guinevere at the time of her conception. And they kept going back and forth between the real Guinevere, the false Guinevere. And Arthur was all confused as to which was which. And to this day, it's not even clear which Guinevere was real. Um, and that so-called false Guinevere kept trying to mate with Arthur. And there were, there were things that were, you know, trying to conspire to get that to happen and so forth. It never happened. So it was all messed up one way or another. Mm. Okay. So then, um, so do you think, you know, in, in terms of feminine energy, because I know, you know, many, many of my clients are really interested in the feminine energy, you know, and the, 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 the do you think that this is a, a sort of a secular thing, you know, a, um, a, a cycle, you know, that we're, we go through the feminine and then we're going back into the more sort of, uh, you know, uh, masculine, and then we go back into the feminine, sort of like, you know, every like 5,000 years or something that we're going through different cycles. Um, because I, I seem, I, I've read this sort of in the ancient text, you know, that every 5,000 years, and I know the, uh, the Mayan um, calendar as well runs on that. So right. are, we, are we now moving into a feminine energy period and then this will stay for 5,000 years and then do we then move out of it at the end of it? Or, or Because I, my understanding is that we're now sort of moving up. We're moving on to a, an, an up into a, a different timeline and we're not gonna be, you know, we're not gonna go back into that situation that we were in the past. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that um, it should be always a, a feminine uh, energy that governs the world and a masculine energy that governs the world. In other words, it's meant to be in harmony in sacred marriage, in Yeros Gamos. That mm -hmm. is what these negative beings have interfered with the most. They tore apart not only the human body, but then the Yeros Gamos that would maintain the wholeness. They made coupling very difficult, contested, um, violent, and they uh, arranged it so that the males on this planet would start using their natural given force to become brutal and warring and suppressive mm. of the feminine. So I don't think these are natural cycles at all. I think these are constructed situations that we are trying to rectify now by bringing the feminine back once again. Even, even if it's a 5,000 year cycle, it, it doesn't, we're not wedded to that. That's, yes. that's absolutely nothing that we have to deal with on planet earth. Um, those are constructed situations, you know, that go on. I mean, earth is meant to be an Edenic realm, Eden. That's mm. what it is meant to be. It is meant to be a perpetual Lemuria in which learning and growth comes through joy and creativity. It's mm. not meant to be an Atlantean dystopian paradise of artificial intelligence um, machinery that takes us away from our natural ability to do healing and this and that and get into altered states of consciousness. Okay. 
Yes. So I think the feminine is rising now as part of this global awakening by which the feminine must re-rise in order to rectify and rebalance things, come into balance with the masculine, and also say goodbye to these negative beings that have been besieging planet Earth. Yeah. So we're, we're essentially moving back into the, the, the state that we should have always been at. Always. Because I, I also believe that planet Earth is not supposed to be pain and suffering. You know, that's we're not right. supposed to be. I know many people say that we're, that's how we learn through pain and suffering, but I, I've never felt that myself. I feel no, the same as you do, that actually, we, we know, this is, um, you know, more of a creation planet, you know, and, that's you know, right. we, we, are, we are creators and, you know, there, there is so much to create here. But with the, the resistance and the interference, it means that our creations are continuously um stopped you know and and sabotaged and you know it, it it just constantly feels like one step forward three steps back the whole time That's right because elizabeth these beings that orchestrate all this get food out of our misery that's why mm. so therefore they have set up mechanisms to keep intergenerational trauma going and intensifying mm. And they've done it through many means, through the sexual abuse net that has been on the earth for goodness knows how long, um, through then the, the um, co-opting of the birthing processes, which inject pain and suffering at the very beginning of a baby coming into the world, uh, through the plying of us with all sorts of uh, addictive substances and drugs, which call in negative entities that, that, that perpetuate the addictions. I mean, all of these kinds of things. So yes, earth was originally an Eden realm and that's what attracts all these types of beings to it. They want in on whatever resources are here, right? Um, <clears throat> it has become a bit of a prison planet because we got so contaminated with these energies that we've had to, in a way, be sequestered, you know, until we get things corrected over here, because we can't have this stuff spreading out because the universe is holographic. Whatever is mm -hmm. going on in one sector can affect a sector way the heck over in, you know, quadrant XYZ over there. So they're, they've been trying to contain this high level negativity that's been going on which which is what makes us feel like we're in a prison planet of trauma um uh, for many of us but there are many of us who don't you know it's it's how you flip it it's how you work with it because what i received is that so the the earth has the highest uh vibe the highest number of people on it right now because everyone wants in on the great initiation all these souls from the universe want in on the great initiation which is can I be in a prison planet where things are so negative and still initiate into and through love? Then I will move into fifth dimensional and higher consciousness as a soul. And then I will be able to move on creatively. So it's, it's like a grand opportunity experiment. Everyone who's here has chosen to be here, go through these family lines of trauma, reincarnate again and again into it, you know, trying to help the situation out, like help us all awaken, 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 awaken. Arthur and Guinevere, um, Mary and Jesus, Mary Magdalene have all been messengers and guides coming at various times. And there have been others in many other traditions coming at various times to say, remember, remember, 
remember, love is the way, love is the way, wisdom is the way, here's how you can do it within your own body. Yes, we know that situation is very, very difficult, but here's how you can do it, here's how you can do it. So that's what we are all in, we are in this game of can we wake up to the fact that we are awakening? Mm. Because of course, it's not just waking up, is it? For many people, it's it's releasing, you know, probably thousands of years of trauma, you know, and what we call karma. I mean, I, I don't believe in karma in, in the terms of the church. I don't think many people do anymore. But I actually feel that karma has even been created, you know, by um, something, you know, right. in order to, to keep us trapped I write about this in my own book, actually, but now is the time to, to clear all of this. And, you know, That's we can right. do this through the self-development, you know, personal development, clearing it all. But, um, you know, is, you know, like, um, are, are, there, are there enough of us doing this? You know, are we going to be able to clear it for our children? Um, yes, you know, that's the big game. You know, everyone has popcorn watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and I agree with you that I think karma was... It initially was something that meant well, but my understanding is it was not meant to go beyond like five incarnations. And what ended up happening because of all these distortions is it was, it's been going on epic after epic after epic. Um, I'm hoping that you can hear me because we've been having a little bit of a interference on our here. Uh, Whenever we're talking high vibration, right? There's interference. So, um, (laughs) so karma has also been used and abused anything that was positive will be grabbed by the other side to twist it into its inversion anything and that's why the light is always trying to grab it back in the way of the light which is not to do force to break cosmic law about free will but it's to suggest it's to impulse it's to right um and so a lot of us when we go, we, we die. We've been in a lifetime that might've been challenging. We go into the other side, we make a decision to come back. And then we come back into the lake of Lethe, the forgetfulness. We forget that we had those lives and the, the, we have to awaken within this lifetime to remember, Oh, right. I came in to rectify this because right. Yeah. So a lot of people are here as bodhisattvas, as servants to this awakening to help others Everyone, though, who comes in has to go through getting their memory uh, reawakened that, oh, right, I, I have a mission. For some people, it happens early on. It's from the beginning. For some people, it's at different stages in life. Some people end up missing the boat. They go through a whole life and they never remembered. Then they have to come in again. Oh, gosh, darn, you know. Um, so we there are people here. This is a very, very heightened time. And now we also have what are called star seeds and indigos coming onto the planet these young people who have so much access to knowledge and information, holy cow, they are impressive, right? So we're all working together in this, each person for their own soul growth reason and and at their own soul growth level. Uh, But as soon as people really awaken, like, oh yeah, right. Okay. We're all here at this time because it was going to be very intense. And then we had to get into love. And then we had to work with all these forces And then we were going to have to be really challenged. Um, But can I stay in love? Can I function from the place of loving wisdom, wise love? You know, that's what we're all about here. And yes, 
I think that we absolutely can transform this. It does not take as many people to turn the ship around as it does to try to destroy the ship, you know? So there are a lot of us here. And as more and more of us are bringing these messages out, we're figuring out and getting messages and information on how each of us individually needs to do this. It starts with our own lives. It starts with our own healing. And then it emerges from there into what is my ministry? What is my right livelihood? And you could be working in the post office and have this ministry, it, you know, but um, more and more people are finding new economic means of, of doing this work and receiving abundance in exchange that they need to live, right? So yes, and many of the oracles are saying, no, the positive timeline is already written, even though these negative forces are still trying to uh, take it over, but it is not going to happen, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. Yeah, well, it's definitely not easy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when you have that mission and purpose, I think it makes it much easier you know, you sort of feel, you know, that, that you, you know, you know where you're going, you know what you're doing. And I think that makes it much easier to, to stay on, on that path, if you like. So yeah. do you think that there are inter interdimensional beings here on this planet now? Yes, of all different types. Um, is, is this, so is this why we are all so different? Why we look so different? Why we're all so different? Is this because we have many, many different genetic um, genes in our gene pool? Pool, yes. If you like. yes, they they took the original human template and tweaked it. Various groups tweaked it in different directions, mm. and so that's kind of what created the races. And and each race has like a valence with its, um, you know, some of its creator beings or you know higher geneticists and so forth. But across the across the board, we all have Pleiadian DNA, and that can be used to pluck the strings of unity and love and be felt reverberated throughout humanity. So that's the Pleiadian agenda. They want that to happen. There's also reptilian DNA, uh, which is encoded in the very word, the reptilian brain. Well, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, meaning these beings that are to humans, not friendly. Um, you know, they're like the orcs of uh, Tolkien. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, and, and allied races like that, the Anunnaki, and then they hybrid and all this type of stuff. So, yes, they some people on Earth have higher percentages of one thing over another. If you want to see a high percentage of Tuat Didanan and Fairy, go to Ireland. Mm, with the, the, the red hair, the green not eyes. Even, not even necessarily. They could have dark hair, too but you know the face when you're seeing it. Uh, that is okay. fairy. That's it's casting, get me a fairy. Well, they all are fairy. You know, uh, uh, in August, I was in Ireland at the, the horse show in Dublin. Oh my God, every other person, you know, unfortunately they don't realize that they have uh, fairy blood and they're eating hot dogs and crap. But, you know, if someone were to awaken them, hey, did you know that you have a high percentage of fairy blood? Some people know because I deal with a lot of clients I come, they come to my Zoom screen and I'm like, wow, do you have any connection to the fairies? And then they start bursting into tears and they're like, yes, as a kid, I saw them. Uh, da, 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 da. And so I've talked about how we have a lot of human fairy hybrids. All of us have fairy. You know, most of us have a little bit of everything. 
Yeah. But again, some of us have more percentages of one versus another. So then we're more susceptible to the agendas of, of one group versus another. And when it's a positive one, great. When it's a negative one, well, you've got the leaders of our world. Mm, yeah. I was going to ask you something else that I forgot. Oh, yeah. So I, I've been researching also reading the, the, the ancient Mesopotamian texts, you know, which talk about Enki and Enlil the Anunnaki who came and you know, um, fused uh, our chromosomes so that we moved um, out of apes into um, you know, looking like them, basically, created us to look like them. Is that how we first began? Because, or is it the Pleiade, Pleiadians that first created us? Because I, I've heard both, both things. Right. There may be two different timelines around that, which is why there's confusion. Uh -huh. And or there may be a distortion in the story that wants us to believe that. Okay. Yeah, I've often felt that maybe those Mesopotamian texts, you know, were a bit like the Bible. They've sort of been written, you know, in a certain way, like yeah. to to sort of, you know, honor a certain person or, you know, or, you know, distort right. something or whatever. I don't That's know. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think that, you know, Helena Blavatsky in the Theosophical tradition said that apes came from humans and not the other way around, you know? So I'm pretty sure that's what she says, if I'm remembering correctly. So what I think is it's important to, for each person to say, what is the better timeline for my medicine? Let me embrace a timeline and reality in which I was created as a celestial being with very high level genetics, very high level vibration, um, 12 or 13 strands of fully activated DNA, able to traverse the dimensions from third and on out, able to bring love, light, and wisdom wherever, able to grow through love, not suffering, because you can grow through love just as much as suffering, okay, and creativity, etc. So I would say, anyone listening to this, what timeline do you want? Grab yeah. that one, because this is the nature of reality. We're not bound by a story. We're not bound by a timeline. If that timeline, you've sucked the juice out of it, you've gotten what you need, move to a different timeline, move to a different reality, get the message from that. You know, some people are like, is the crucifixion story a timeline that we don't need or want? And it's like, well, you know, for some people, we're learning a lot out of that crucifixion timeline. And some people are getting ready to get out of it or never have been in it and are, have been operating on the outside of it anyway. So the same thing with how is our human form? How about trying on for a day that at core, I am a divine blueprint individual. All I need do is transmute out any negative influence to my DNA and amplify the original divine human blueprint. And my life will begin changing in that direction. Mm. try that on for size you work with that in your meditations you are the master of your own reality we are not bound by these codes these histories these falsities you work with whatever is resonating for you as a positive possibility this yes. is what moving into fifth dimensional consciousness is all about yeah, because our beliefs create our reality. So that's we can right. choose to believe what we want. But I think that's a really beautiful and empowering way of looking at it. And actually, you know, I've even felt a shift in my own mind because yeah. um, I do you know, I, but, but I, I mean, 
I, I know I, I understand about the the 12 strand DNA, you know, and I do feel that we were created, you know, even in the likeness of the gods, if you like, you know, as this sort of um, high vibrational being. And um, and then we've been subsequently dumbed down over the the, the centuries, you know, with the, the the if you like the interference and the resistance. That's whatever, right, however. and even and even deeper uh, into what you're saying is that we happen to be souls that are in human bodies right now, working with this DNA interface, this light matter interface, this three-dimensional, fifth-dimensional interface as a means of learning for our souls. But at core, who are we? We are even beyond that. You know, mm. we're light beings that are that are little droplets from the monad of the divine. So we're going through this illusion as a means of learning because we realize that as a break off of the divine that wanted to learn all sorts of things and have all sorts of diversity and variety, we're like, oh, I've got to learn this. I've got to learn that. And so now we're learning about what it is to be on planet Earth right now, awakening to the fact that we have a 12th dimensional or 13th dimensional light body, you know, and but we are even beyond that because you want to connect with your core soul, which immediately holographically takes you to the divine of all existence, which, you know, some people can see as male, some people can see as female, some people can see as both, some people can see as the, oh, the holy womb chakra of the, of the whole, you know, united uh, empire of uh, the universes, etc. Okay, but you're exploring, you're your own cosmonaut into your own reality and how it connects with divine source. That's really interesting and fun. Have fun with it. And if you're stuck in a reality in which you're like, holy crap, I have, you know, reptilian DNA and I need to, I don't like these star wars that are going on on the planet, da, da, da. All right, great. And what are you doing for that, right? What is your service in that? How can you be as of high vibrational service in this bizarre illusion that we're going through right now that is very real because we ended up having pain and, and all sorts of things? Mm. I think the multidimensional aspect is very hard for people to understand. Um, even even I myself, you know, find myself grasping at it sometimes. I mean, right. I so do. What I, I say, take sacred medicines, and you'll start opening up. Mm. They will unequivocally show you the multiple nature of reality. There are people doing lots of sacred medicines all over the world, and they are having their minds cracked open, and they're having their memories return to them and their karma, um, you know, exonerated and so forth. And I would say, do it carefully because those domains have also been grabbed by the negative forces. They're everywhere, but you can, if you can do it with proper guidance and with proper anchoring of yourself into source, you can get a lot of information and you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are other dimensions and let's, you know, end this argument right here. Mm. I do actually do the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do, I do believe that there are other dimensions. And when I do my deep meditations, you know, I can really, really connect to very, very um, powerful, you know, images, um, you know, which I, I, I think, you know, that that's sort of where where people start um, on this sort of path. They do. But and they also, they have mystical experiences. They have synchronicities. Synchronicities are a great way of you knowing with on, beyond the shadow of a doubt 
that there are yes. other dimensional things going on. Cause like, how could that weird coincidence have happened? I mean, my God, the mind of the divine to have orchestrated everything to create that moment. Wow. Mm. It just starts blowing your mind. Um, yeah. Pay attention to synchronicities, pay attention to the numinous feelings you have. Like when you give birth, when you have sex, when you are on a mountaintop, you know, um, it doesn't even take medicine to, to be able to have that type of feeling when you feel love, when you feel awe, those are all ways of connecting with and knowing that there are far, there's far more than meets the eye Horatio, you know, whatever this phrase is from Shakespeare. Okay. Mm. So now, unfortunately, you know, if people are so closed down that they can't even open to that, well, you know, and then they're besieged by these beings of alcohol and, and drugs in a bad way and all this sort of thing and trauma, da, da, da. Well, then you've got to climb up. You know, you've got a lot of healing to do to climb up. It may or may not happen. You're awakening in this lifetime, but whatever, everybody's on their own path. Mm. But we are in a process. Yeah. So what are the timelines do you have in a way, I mean, I know, you know, like how long is a piece of string, you know, and I, I, I know there's a window of sort of 200, 300 years maybe um, before we fully properly move into Aquarius. But I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I'll, I don't know. I think it depends on us, doesn't it? It depends on us. All right. You know what you all people need is a bumper sticker that says Aquarius now. <laughs> That's what you need. Stop with the 200, 300 years from now. Okay, yeah. like manifest it now. Manifest yeah, it now. now. You're doing it now. You could have a moment where you are fully enlightened. You could have a few minutes of it. You could figure out how to do it for a day, a week, a month, a year, you know, and it doesn't, it's getting easier and easier. You don't just have to go in caves and be doing it now away from everyone, you know, like we're all householders. We're trying to figure it out. And so the, the timeline is now. The opportunity is now. The future beneficial atmosphere and reality is now because as we know from really the deepest quantum physics and whatever, all time is simultaneous. So the fact of time being a timeline is Kronos, it's illusion, but there's Kairos, yeah. there's Kairos, which is it's all in the same pot together. And um, if you want a good way of working with that, Tom Kenyon does that a lot in his work and his book, the Arthurian Arcturian <laughs> anthology, the Arthurian Arcturian anthology, uh, the Arcturian anthology, where he has you see that there's a circle around you of all possible timelines. And you're like, Ooh, you know, going to that one, start getting busy with grabbing that timeline into your life. That's mm. what this is all about. Not oracular prognostications. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, you know, like I was saying before, our, our reality is our beliefs. So, you know, we, we, we bind ourselves so tightly inside this little box, you know, and call this life, you know, and yet actually life is, you know, it's huge, huge, That's huge. Right. And, and we're so people, limited. And I know people who live in this life and, and absolutely do not feel like this is a prison planet, a sequestered planet, a quarantine planet they're having a golden life, you know, I'll have what she's having. All right. You know, with that kind of thing. Um, and you know, that is possible. I mean, we can flip it, right. Mm -hmm. But you're working with whatever the grist is in your own mill. If you had a lot of trauma, you had a lot of pain, you had a lot of anxiety. You're not just going to be like, 
boop, you know, there is a process that, that, that your body mind system needs to go through, right? There is, that's why the timeline can be helpful because our three-dimensional body mind spirit needs that extended accordion of time to go through and really anchor it in. That's why we're in the dimension of linear time. But there are other dimensions that we can be working with to accelerate that process and so forth. So again, have fun with it, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I work with many women, you know, who are going through struggles. And, um, you know, for them, it's very, very hard to see beyond that. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's just a matter of just, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going and keep, you know, keep releasing. That's right. The, the, the karma, you know, the, you know, the, the, the trapped energy or however you want to sort of view it. And, and you just know, keep going. One of the main things I learned was was loving oneself every day. That's the easiest step and the hardest step to that path. It has to be through self-love. It can't be just an intellectual process like, oh, I'm going to release this. I'm going to release that. Yeah. And then you're stuck with your trauma body. Okay. Here's my trauma body. I love you. Right. And this is the work of Matt Kahn. He's like, whatever arises, love that. So he's providing a big measure of that piece. Um, <clears throat> and there are many, many tools and processes we can use and including in asking for divine grace, calling mm -hmm. on the masters, the mother Mary, you know, Magdalene, Jesus, and whoever else it feels to you to be a high level master, call upon them, ask them for grace, ask them for quickening, ask them for help, acceleration of this process. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And I think that's a, a great place to end. I think we've been talking for an hour. So that's thank it. you so much. Thank you so much for your time this evening. And it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Um, I, I so look forward to this really, you know, um, touching people because uh, I don't always talk in this concentrated a way for an extended hour. And I think this was even like on a new level uh, beyond some of what I've said before. Yeah, yeah, I feel that as well. And I think it will be just what people need to hear, you know, because, uh, yeah, okay. All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you very much. Okay, You're take welcome. care. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you wish to find out more about Marguerite Regaloso, you can connect with her at her website, which is sevensistersmysteryschool.com. And I've added all of her links to the show notes as well. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye.